0: Well, good morning. Good morning. It's good to see you all. It's a good day to be in the house of the Lord. It's a good day to be encouraged by the Lord. I asked the first service uh, are you all ready for God to do something in your hearts today? How many would like to leave different than they came? Did you know that that's less to do with the fact that God, well, first let me just say God's fully here and fully available has more to do with our anticipator. Are we anticipating that? Do we desire that? Before we get started today, though, I um, wanted to just do a quick review of some things going on. I know last week or last couple of weeks have been talking about pre- preparing for our outreach to Central Oklahoma, to Guthrie, to Ed. We're doing a great thing in the end of the last Saturday of June, and part of that was, was Taking care of grinding down or clearing uh, all along this north uh, uh, side of our property. And if you, as you leave today, just take a look over there. All the way to the fence is opened up. That's where there'll be big top temps and things like that when we do this great festival the end of June. Uh, Freedom Festival, Children's Festival, we've got to totally it totally figured out. But we, I, we gave thanks to the gentleman whose uh, business uh, helped to make that happen. So again, good things are happening there. Uh, the other thing is we had a group of people go down to the Exo Marriage Conference down in Texas. They said it was phenomenal. They want us to block many more uh, seats and rooms for next year. Uh, and they can run You can run into them later and ask them all about it. But it was just a couple of people showed up on the right picture there. There was not very many, actually they sold out. Uh, so it's out of gateway church. Uh, also, Saturday morning we had a men's breakfast and we had a special guest, Tyler Griffin. First service, few people knew who he was and shouted out. And so, uh, anyway, he is the, the the gentleman in blue on the left panel. But actually, he was speaking to the men from his heart. It was a it was a good time. So, I want to say thank you to that. We were also this last week. We actually took flowers to some of the, the 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 Charter Oak and some other things. So, lots are going on in our midst as far as outside of Sunday. Morning, but to to uh, to kind of do a quick review, I uh, would like to just kind of run through some of the points that we've been covering over the last number of weeks. This is the conclusion of the the study called the Path or the study of Proverbs. Next week, Pastor Tyler will be sharing. Uh, I always want to give him between series an opportunity, and then after that, we're going to do a whole series on grace. It should be a great study. Uh, But isn't it interesting, in the last six weeks, we've learned a number of things. Number one, your direction determines your destination. Say that out loud with me. Your direction determines your destination. We also found out that life is a series of mid-course corrections. Would you all agree with that? Life's a series of mid-course correction. We also found that we shouldn't trust our hearts uh, but we should trust God with our hearts. Amen. Cause the heart is wicked and evil, but with God, anyway, we want to make sure he's in charge of that. Uh, part of that heart thing dealt with reputation and choosing the story you want to tell. Then we talked about wise people. I'd like you to look to your neighbor and say, you're pretty wise. All right. And say wise people seek Wise counsel. Wise people seek wise counsel. It's a good thing to, to be reminded of that. Uh, and that we found out last week, actually, and I got the numbers off here, but your attention determines your direction. Remember, you know, how many have the squirrel moment, you know, or the cricket, or whatever it might be that gets you distracted? Does anybody ever get distracted? Thank you. I don't feel, feel so terrible. Uh, When you talk about your attention, uh, look straight ahead, don't get distracted by things, you know, because it'll lead you off the path that you're on. So the question is, when you realize that the destination you're trying to achieve is unreachable, what do you do? When you realize that uh, the dream you had is not coming true or won't come true, what do you do? Or the hope that you had is... Is going to be unfulfilled. What, what do you do? What, when you aren't going to reach that destination, what do you do? Andy Stanley's book, The Principle of the Path, he wrote this Some destinations are unreachable, some dreams won't come true, some dreams can't come true, some destinations become unreachable because of a lifestyle choice, sometimes it's unreachable because of a single decision. I, I know that's happened. Some decisions are out of reach because of the mistakes we've made, amen? Some it's because of the mistakes other people made. Um, Sometimes we are to blame, sometimes someone else is to blame. And in time, if you think about it, the reason... Uh, that you 're you're, you're experiencing the inability to to to, to be where you want to be, it kind of becomes irrelevant because you finally realize that you are where you are now that sounds pretty wise, so tell the other person that you didn 't say there was you are where you are, just just share that with me that no okay well, one person <laughs> so the first service I had them pinching people. You know, we'll we'll go that next, but no, you are where you are and you aren't where you want to be. And there's nothing you can do about it. Sometimes that brings us to, to a place of disappointment. Now, why pastor are you wanting to do this kind of message? You know, we were on a pretty good roll here. This sounds like a downer kind of message. Here's why I think we should talk about it. Number one, it's in the book of Proverbs in the Bible. That life is going to experience disappointments. Life's going to have things that aren't going to be fulfilled in the 3D color way that you hope so. But I I, I just sense with what God is trying to do with the church of today. The church is beyond this gathering. The church has to do with you as a believer. That discouragement is shutting down the supernatural that God wants to do here on the face of this earth. That what the church has been called to be is full of hope, and it's hard to have that hope. So today, we're going to look at how we can deal with these things when our destination or when disappointment moves in. I could give you one solution, and that is what Vince Lombardi, former coach of the Green Bay Packers, said, we don't lose, we just run out of time. Just look to your friend and say, I never lose. I just run out of time. Perhaps if we had unlimited time, we could see more dreams come true. Uh, and the, if the clock would just stop, if there were more timeouts, if there were more mulligans. But you know what? It, it, it's when we realize we can't stop the clock, we can't uh, do, have a do-over, that we have to realize there's a need for hope, a, a way to deal with when we don't reach our destinations. Let's look at our intro video for today, and uh, we'll go from there. Today, that we are looking at is in Proverbs chapter 13, verse 12, and it says this. Let's read it out loud together. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. I don't know about you, but I want more of the tree of life in in my life. Now, remember in the garden, there were two trees. Do you remember that? There was the tree of knowledge and the tree of life. There was a tree that God said, you can eat all that you want of it, the tree of life. And there was another tree that said uh, that not to eat of, correct? But this world tends to want us to feed off the tree of knowledge. And many times we get into what we can do, what the world can do. And we forget to stay over here in the tree of life, which is an abundance life it comes and flows from God. Amen. So today as we look at this verse, we can see that this hope and we hope in so many things in life. We hope for so many aspects of relationships and businesses and what might be happening with our children. But when that doesn't happen, when you realize that a dream—maybe it's for yourself, maybe it's for your family, maybe it's for uh, uh, your business—you you get heart sick, and it says it here in the Proverbs. You get, you ache, you begin to hurt. You might lose some sleep. How many have lost sleep over something that they've been that's, that just has grabbed them? It's something that's unrealized. So the first thing that actually happens. Uh, Kind of the first point, I guess you would say that that we can all agree upon is when you don't get to the destination that you're at, you you get heart sick. That's what the scripture said. And here is the challenge: when you hit this place, is you're going to have to make a decision. Do you make the decision? And this happens to be the default decision for all humans, and you're one of the all parts of all humans. You either stay right where that happens, right where the disappointment is, right in the scenario or the situation or the, and you just stay there. And you get bitter. Just get a little more bitter. How many of you know the song, the done me wrong song? You know, or whatever it may be. Or gloom, despair, and agony on me. Deep, dark, depression, excessive misery. If I had it worked for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. Okay, some of y'all didn't grow up with (laughs) hee-haw. Or you you work it out. You begin to say, I'm going to get better not bitter say that with me better not bitter can i tell you though if you just stay in the default mode and do nothing you will allow the devil to make you bitter and i know you don't want to do that so you think about that let me give you some examples straight out of the bible when i, I want to share with you that 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 people have lost a dream what happened remember a 17 year old named joshua excuse me, Joseph, 17-year-old named Joseph. He had all these dreams it's about, uh, uh, dreams about the uh, literal dreams of, of such that he would be uh, his fathers. He would have rule over his fathers and his brothers. And, and yet he found himself in slavery. He found himself uh, really with a dream that had died and his heart had become sick. How about Daniel? Daniel was about the same age, and, and he found himself chained to a, a number of other young Israelites, and being, he was being drugged hundreds of miles away into exile into a foreign country. His heart had become sick. So the question always is, would he or would we get bitter or better? King David got a word one day that his newborn son would probably die soon what would he do how would he deal with that the apostle paul himself was found with a physical disease we think it's physical some say it's spiritual and it was called the thorn in the flesh The thorn in the flesh. And we don't know really what it is. Some people uh, say it's this or that. Some think it was eyesight. Some think it was his ability to walk or maybe his knees. Some people say it was epilepsy. But let let me just say this. It was a handicap. It was something that that severely limited him. And it it goes on to say that that his heart got uh, sick and it, it, it troubled him. Some of you today may say, I've got a thorn in the flesh. But I said for happy ever after. But anyway. Can I rebuke that? Because some of you were smiling. Some of you were smiling like, he knows. <laughs> no, because sometimes we fall into that trap of wanting to joke about something that should never be. You were, if you were, let me just say this. If you got married outside of the blessing of God, then we got to, you know, you probably need to want to uh, redo all that, and rethink that. But if you're in a covenant, covenant marriage, you have covenanted with God that that person is with you forever. And that you're going to bring 100% to the game, and they're going to bring 100% to the game. Uh, and that's another story. Let me move back over here. I realize I'm going off, on my, off my notes here. But but you, you have uh, Paul in this despair. How about Jesus? Let's just think about him. The Bible says that one night he, before he was crucified, he found himself in a garden. He was praying, and he was praying because of what was before him, the kind of death that he was facing. And he was so anguished, it says, so the heart was so aching that it said his, he sweat like, droplets of blood so what do you do when you're heart sick right what do you do and here we have all of the let me back up I guess we're you all have it now <laughs> what do you do when you're heart sick how, how can you avoid bitterness and work towards betterness that was kind of my little hyphenated word there how many of you rather have betterness raise your hand How many have dealt with some bitterness in their past? How many know some people that are stuck in bitterness? They're not in this room, let's hope, okay? But I want us to talk about that. What do you do when your dream doesn't come true? You you can get angry at God. You can get angry at life. You can be full of despair. Or you can make something happen anyway. You can try and live your dreams through your children or somebody else vicariously. You can be like Paul. And Paul said this. Look at 2 Corinthians 12, 7. To keep me from being conceited because of those passingly great revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me a physical ailment, a, a torment to live with the rest of your life. Folks, this is Paul saying, I'm going to what? I, I'm, I'm going to count this as something that I need. I know none of us want to hurt. None of us want to be handicapped. None of us. I was talking to a gentleman earlier this morning. I think he's in the yeah, first service. And we were talking about how age has an effect on you. Does anybody notice that? You know, when you're, when you're teens and you're in low 20s, early 20s, whatever, and maybe in you're 30s, you're bulletproof, man. Let's just do whatever. But eventually you start going, well, that kind of hurts longer than it used to. When, you, I mean, have you noticed that? And then you get old enough you don't remember it's hurting. I mean, never mind. But you can be. You, but listen, he, Paul is Paul is bringing us to the point that he he, he was he, his dreams that, he, that how he was going to fulfill life was different than he planned it, and so it says that he began to pray, and so he prayed fervently. In fact, in 2 Corinthians twelve eight, this, the eighth Paul says three times I pleaded with God uh, the Lord to to take this 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 thorn away. I don't know about you, I've prayed for some things more than three times. Take it away, Lord. Take it away. So, part of what you can do when you hit these places and dreams aren't being fulfilled is you pray. Pray fervently. And then you also need to listen. Part of prayer is not one way. We many times come to Him, and and I'm sharing stuff with you that you already know, but I'm putting it together to support this place in Proverbs where we are at, and really to come and bring to us a message from the Lord as we look at the future, not only of this church, but your life. But so here we have these disappointments, and here He has this, and He says, I'm going to bring this to the Lord lord three days but you know what then he says i'm gonna listen see he's listening because he knows in romans 8 28 it says what we know that all things let's read this out loud together we know that in all things god works for the good of those who love him now look to the person you said was wise and say i know you love him and if you love him, then you can be part of the all things because God wants to bless those who love him, bless those who uh, are obedient to him. So not only do you pray fervently, you begin to listen and, and you know, you find out that And that leads us to this next one. Oh, let me, let me bring this, this verse in here. My grace is sufficient. Before we move off of all things, my grace is sufficient. And it's sufficient in the fact that if I trust his grace, and I trust it in all things, then, then his power will be made perfect in my weakness. Can I tell you that, that I would rather limp the rest of my life physically, but have the power and have the might of God on me? I, I would rather have one less eye and have the power of God made perfect in my weakness For his sake. Does that sound kind of crazy? You're like, well, now, Pastor, let's not start talking about limbs or anything. You know, I would rather have the full measure of God's blessing and power in in my life, wouldn't you? Paul did. So it leads us to this last one. You can accept reality and find good in it. Again, you can accept it. doesn't mean you like it, but you can say, look, this is what it is in the moment. This is what I can understand. This is what I understand and realize in the moment. I, 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 like Paul said, I've, I've found a way to believe. It's God's grace that's sufficient for me. It's God's power that want, I want to have displayed to me. It, it's even better in my weakness and in my infirmities that, that he is blessed. See, it's, it's therefore I will boast more gladly in my limping and in weak. This. I'll boast more. Not not about this. Not about running around and going, well, I got a scar bigger than your scar and my heart's bigger than your heart and I've been to the hospital more times than you have. I mean, have you heard people talk like that? You say, well, what's been going on with you? Well, I got this hip out. Well, I once had a hip out, but I mean, I got a hip and a knee now. I don't know what, it's like this, you know, Man, I got one eye out. Man, I got both eyes out. I don't know. It's just crazy. No, it's like, hey, hey, you know what? God's seeing me through. This little thing's not getting me through too well on my own, but praise be to God, because in him, I'm strong. You see how that overrides stuff? If I asked every single person in here, and you were honest, there would be something that you're dealing with. And many of you have turned over and said, God, you're going to be stronger than this. It's not going to dominate all my thinking, all my time, and all my testimony. You're going to be dominant in my thinking and my, t- my testimony. Amen? Amen. In his power. He goes on to say that for it's Christ's sake. That is why for in Christ I I delight in the weakness, in the insults, in the hardships, in the persecution, in the difficulties for I am weak, he is strong. What a great thing. See, Paul is writing here, it's about this potential in the path because we've said the path is not always going to be smooth. The path isn't going to always be full of of wonderful, pleasant joy. It's going to have hardships, it's going to have disappointments, it's going to have delays, but when we trust him, I can be strong in the wait. I can be strong in the slow and I can be strong in the fast for God's in charge I don't have to be bitter in this situation I can look for being better use your hardships for God's glory use your hardships for God's glory if you don't, that's okay. You can still have hardships. But if you use it for his go- glory, like Paul did, it, he said, it's for God's glory. It, it's, it's when, when we're in this dark place and we're wrestling with the unreachable destination, uh, it, it, you know, you, you, it, and think of Jesus. He was trying to avoid the cross. Here's Jesus praying in the garden of Gethsemane. And he's saying, Lord, if it, Lord, if it's if, any way to let this cup pass for me, he knew what was ahead of him. He knew the situation that he was. And yet he said, at first, take it away, Lord. But later in verse 42, he said, if not, if it's not possible for this cup to be taken away, unless I drink it, may your will be done. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. Jesus even said in Matthew sixteen thirty-three says, you will have trouble. We didn't have to need him to tell us. We already know that. But here's Jesus. You, you will have trouble. I was trying to decide where to show this particular slide. And the reason I say that, because I was making a fun with it, notice the butts. In this world, you have trouble, but. But take heart. Not, but you're going to get over it just fine, and you've got the strength and power to will that. It, no, but take heart. I, meaning the Lord, have overcome the world. In Proverbs 13, it says, hope deferred makes heart, but the longing. And, and the reason I want to say that is, if God is totally in control, if he has your well-being most in his heart, then you can trust That after this particular place of discouragement, he will show up. See, I know in this congregation there are some who has hope deferred. They have some dreams that uh, they're realizing may not totally come true. Uh, they they may even be realizing that I may not be married a, again, or maybe it'll be a long time before I get married, or or maybe uh, you know that I, we're not may not be able to keep our, our home, or, or or maybe my job is on the line and I don't know if I'm going to keep it, or or maybe uh, that promotion that I wanted I I may not be able to get that. Maybe it's the health, the kind of health that I hope to have at this age, it's not going to happen, and my heart is sick. Joseph. <laughs> Joseph had a sick heart, a slave, a prisoner. And I'm not saying this happens to everyone if they just wait long enough. But one day, everybody say one day. And can I tell you, the one day is either going to be on this side of heaven. Or the other side of heaven, can I tell you that? But one day he was called into Pharaoh and and his dreams began to be fulfilled in ways he could never imagine. He was in this very terrible difficult place and all of a sudden he's called into this the the, the person who could change his world and he became the prime minister he became a man who saved all of Egypt and his home from starvation he he saw his brothers ultimately bow down and worship him that was a dream that he had that he thought would totally been destroyed and put away it looked different than he thought he had no didn't have all the details but now all of a sudden God is blessing him. Other people, he, God leaves the thorn in the flesh. Maybe one or two obstacles. I don't know about you. I wrestle with stuff from my past, and it keeps me humble. Keeps me before the Lord. Sometimes he does good things that we want, but sometimes he does more than we want and begins to be a blessing beyond we can ever think or imagine. See, I believe our church, if I, if I think about your life, and we're coming at the end of this series, and I'm thinking about this walking in wisdom, and all the things we're thinking about being in wisdom, and we're starting to experience many times delays. You know, the, the promised land was just there, and we a, a few of them got a glimpse of it, but, but they had to spend 40 years of waiting, and it was discouraging. But can I tell you, this church has been waiting for a long time. It was established on this hill in 1998, not by me, but a group of people that believe that God was creating something along I-35 in central Oklahoma, that they were going to be different to make a difference. That was their saying back then. And now we've transformed what that says into love God and love others. And God is revealing that that's what he's smiling on right now, that his favor is falling on. And you're part of that. But to know that God may be doing something far beyond what we can think or imagine can you all get a what would that look like well it's more than you can think or imagine but think about that way versus well all we have is what's before us how about in your own home well all we can do is count what's in front of us you know darling I tell you what whatever you want to be blessed in give it to God Whatever you want more of, the harvest of the, of the, of the, of the sowing and the reaping, you, you sow like God wants you to sow and you'll reap like it's heavenly. Where am I going with this? When hope gets deferred, you get heart sick. When you pray fervently, make sure and Listen. Eventually, you may have to accept the reality and and find the good in it. And then you need to use the hardship for God's glory, whatever you're going through. But then number six, I want to advance it. I kind of jumped. Some people like that because you get to go eat lunch earlier. (laughs) You begin to believe that God will do. God will do something, I love this word because it's like 16 syllables, not really, outrageously. Can you say that with me? outrageously. Outrageous. That God's going to do something in your life. God's going to do something in this church. God is going to do something with a people or a person who loves him and is obedient to him, is about his ways, the proverb ways. And, and he's going to outrageously do good for you. And, and you say, pastor, what does that mean? That I'm not going to have knees? And uh, No, but, but he's going to bless you beyond measure. He's going to bless you beyond you can think or imagine. And, and, and let me just give you an example of that, because we're talking about, but a longing fulfilled as a tree of life. Remember the promised land, remember the children of Israel and, and they, they were lapping the desert and they were just kind of trapped. How many of you ever felt like you're kind of trapped? You're just kind of in a holding pattern. You don't really see all you're doing is eating the person in front of you dust. Have you ever kind of thought that every now and then? But then, and they thought the dream of a promised land, the dream of of a place where God has planned for them, a destination, what he had, it it was already kind of losing sight. And then one day, everybody say one day, one day there was a man named what? Joshua. And Joshua came up out of all that dust and out of all that travel. And look what it says here. I'm going to look at it here together with you. And it says here in Joshua chapter four, verse one, and when the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, choose 12 men from among the people, one from each tribe and tell them to take up 12 stones. Folks, there are some memories. There's some, some markers that we need to be thinking about of what God's done in our life. And he says, take up 12 stones from the middle of the jordan from right where the priest stood and to carry them over right over with you and put them down now what does that mean we're going to carry some rocks what in the world is this all about you mean they're asking us to park on the gravel instead of the parking lot drape you know we're talking about easter and three sometimes you got to pick up a burden okay and you just be obedient and the lord says just pick up the burden and head on out there put it down to the place right where we're staying tonight so joshua called the 12 men together Now before I go any further, can I tell you this sounds like I'm talking about community church, the church in the physical location, but I'm going to tell you there's some people in this room that have been through some tough times. There are some people in this room that have dealt with cancer. There are people that have had some, some diagnosis. The initial test looked pretty pretty severely in a, in a wrong direction. Gra- like dreams were being crushed and, and the future being changed. But I know that I know because I've had testimony. There are some people that said, I went to the doctor the third time and there was nothing there because I had some prayer going over my life. I had the prayer warriors praying over it. God is good. I had a man tell me this morning that his, the the, the lung cancer that was all, shrinking in fact one of the spots we couldn't even see anymore. Folks, there's some things, there's some Jordans you've been through, and I don't it could be a child that you thought you'd never have a relationship again. And I can speak from personal testimony that in time God will restore those things. You know what I'm talking about. So whatever you hear in here, and I'm talking about stones, it's not just community church. Because here in a minute you're gonna see. So Joshua called them together the twelve men he had appointed from the Israelites, one from each tribe, and said to them, go over before the ark of the Lord. Says, basically, the Lord is with you. Go over there before the oh, he's, he's He's got you, but you're going to lead, then he's going to do. Does that, do you see what that, he, he's coming, he's right there with you, but you've got to take the first step, and he's going with you. Do, do you see how that kind of lines up there? And he says, so go before the ark of the Lord and your God into the middle of the Jordan. The Jordan used to represent death and Probably death to dreams and death to hope. And do you see where I'm at? And they take it out. They walk on out there. I'm walking into this hard place. I'm walking in what I can't see clear on. All I know is it's getting deeper and colder and muddier. Messier. But the Lord's with me. And each of you is to take up a stone on his shoulder according to the number of tribes of Israel and serve as a sign among you. Why? See, I believe whether you have been through physical, emotional, whatever Jordan you've crossed through, God is saying that you are to be the testimony. For future generations, what this church has gone through since 1998, and a lot of it's good, but there was some hard. It's to it, why is it still here, and why would we have things that are established? Is to remind people that drive up I 35 seventy thousand a day, or the people in Guthrie, Oklahoma, or even just for your family when you go by and go, "Hey, that's the church I attend to. That's where God loves my family, and I get to be a part of loving others." And that's a that's a testimony. Say testimony with me. See, God wants a testimony to come out of His. People. And what he's bringing forth in this generation is a testimony about him and his goodness. Not how many aches and pains and doctor visits and boyfriend breakups or whatever. He wants our heart fixed on him. And look what it said. And when he crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off, and these stones are to be memorials for the people that last forever. It's for when our children see what's going on. Why in the world is community church here on I-35? Why is this happening? Why have they begun to pay off the debt like they have? Because God's up to some great things. And what do we call that big old 14, 18, what was it? Outrage. Here's what I know. I want to encourage you today. First service, quite a few people stood up. If you've been, if you had a Jordan that you've seen God walk you through, if you've got a testimony of God doing something pretty big in your life, I'd like you to just stand up, just as a testimony. Maybe it was cancer. Maybe it was a broken heart. Maybe it was a wayward child that you didn't ever. Just look around. This is the piles of rocks that in the Old Testament you'd probably see. And and, and folks, when we're out here having coffee and donuts, that's awesome. But we need to be about not letting the rocks cry out on our behalf, which means we need to be louder about it. Wow. What has God been doing in your life lately? Well, let me tell you. Wow. I, I see you're out of the hospital. And let me tell you about it. And here's what God's up to. You see what I'm saying? Can I tell you that it was important then, and it's important now for us to have a testimony as a church, as a people, as a person, and us not be quiet about it. Now we don't have to go around being weird, okay? They start calling you a Jesus freak or something, you know? They make song, write songs, anyway. But here's what I encourage you: if you're not standing on the side of the other side of the Jordan with a victory stone. I want you to be encouraged by look at how many testimonies. Look at how many testimonies that say, he's seeing you through. Hold on to your hope. God sees your plight. God is making a way for you. God has a better promise for you than you can see right now. Walk with him. Stay with God. Trust God and he'll see you through. Amen. Then I want to cast one other vision. And you can stay standing because we're about ready to close here, okay? I know some of you are like, well, he's got seven minutes. This morning, I, I as I was reading over and praying over the service um, in this passage, these passages, God put something in my heart. It's, um, And I wish I'd thought about it before this morning because I couldn't react to it. Just like these stones that were kind of after the victory, after trusting, I I just heard in my spirit that we someday need to stack up some stones of promise. See, I believe we're on the right track. I believe God is revealing that. And, and I, I heard in the first service some people, uh, one person t- giving a testimony of God's vision for reaching children and families and marriages in this region. And I got to thinking about this. This is after you cross over, and those are big old stones. But, but what if we had a big old pile of little pea gravel out here? And I said, I want you everybody just to envision the number of children or students, youth or, or single people or married people. Just go out and grab your whole bunch of the, of the effect that we might have in the years to come in this place. And let's go pile it up outside. Everybody else thinks it's a bit, bunch of gravel. But imagine if we begin to pray with the promise of God's going to use this place, God's going to use my life to touch and create testimonies in all these little rocks and pebbles. What? a vision. And I believe, I believe that that's what this place will be. See, I'm thinking one day I won't be here, right? Either Jesus is going to come back or I'm going to heaven. But I want to make sure I'm part of what's going to go on and on and on and on and on for the kingdom of God. Amen. Let's all stand. Let's all stand. That old hymn that comes to my mind, standing on the promises. So what are you standing on today? How do you deal with the unreachable destinations that you're facing? I hope today the words and the scripture that we took a look at encourages you and gives you a path to take. And then what I wanna do is this. Let's just pray that God uses me, meaning yourself, God will use myself, and God will use us. Love God, love others. I'm going to love God, and he's through me, is going to love others, and that's what's going to happen in this church, and let's just pray that God opens the floodgates, not just to this building and this church, the church. The church, right? Every place Christ is lifted up, let him pour out a blessing, fill up the pews, become the influence in our nation, that it needs to be amen let's pray father god thank you for your wisdom literature thank you that lord by reading proverbs we can understand how to do life here on earth father thank you for the rest of the word that helps give us guidance and lord thank you that even when we're in hard places you show up and many times you exceed what we can think or imagine May our testimonies be louder than the rocks. <laughs> May our promise that you've given us and the, and the blessing you've put in our hearts be so evident that our testimony is loud, that our faith is loud, even without words. So more and more people will run into you and be drawn to you, Lord. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you all. You're dismissed. Hug somebody before you leave. We're about to take the mission field.